This is the preaching podcast from Keystone Church and Pastor Josh Cox. To find out more about Keystone, visit keystonerdu.church. We hope you enjoy today's message. Two weeks ago, or the last time that I spoke, by the way, appreciate Robbie uh, preaching for us last Sunday. I really appreciate their family. Uh, Two weeks ago, um, we talked about our relationship to sin that we have been regenerated out of a life of sin. And we talked about um, as, a, as an, an unbeliever, we have an old nature. You remember the graphic that was up on the, on the TV? We have an old nature. It's our sinful nature. It's, it's how we were born. It's how we were conceived in our sinful nature. We then have a soul. And when, when we are an unbeliever, our soul is destined for hell. Nobody likes to hear that, but that's just the truth. So we have a sinful nature at our core, our soul is headed for hell. And then we have our body, our flesh. And before we are saved, all of that is influenced heavily by sin. Our nature, our sinful nature, it's who we are, it's what we do. We sin, we're sinners. Um, we come out of the womb sinning. We'll go, we, we will go through our, our toddler life sinning. We will go through our elementary school life, the Lord knows, sinning. We are sinners, right? That's who we are at a core as an unbeliever. Our soul, sin-influenced. Our soul will one day wind up separated from God in a place called hell. We don't like that. Our flesh, ravaged by sin, having no control because our spirit, uh, our nature, and our soul all covered in sin. So that was the graphic. And then we said when we got born again, when we got regenerated, when we were given a new nature, uh, that old nature, influenced now by the Holy Spirit, it's a new nature. You are no longer who you say that you are. You, you are who He says you are, as we sung today. Okay, You are no longer a sinner. You are now a saint. You are now a joint heir with Christ. You are now a child of God. By the way, who is another child of God? Jesus. He was God's only begotten Son. We're a joint heir with Jesus. That's who we are now. Our soul, no longer influenced by sin because our soul has been saved. When we were regenerated, when we were born, again, our soul was saved. Our soul is now no longer on its way to hell, but our soul is now on its way to to heaven. And then the rub comes in that sin cannot get our souls and sin cannot get our natures, but sin can influence our bodies, our flesh. So Galatians 5 talks about the the spirit and the flesh warring against each other. And if you serve the flesh, you cannot serve the spirit. If you serve the spirit, you cannot serve the flesh. And it talks about that rub. And there's many other parts in the scripture that talks about uh, the fact that we will be battling our flesh for the rest of our lives. And we talked about kind of a, a, a paradigm shift when we talk about our sin or think about our sin. We can no longer use the excuse that that's just who I am. Oh yeah, I always fly off the handle. That's just who I am. Hey, I always use that language. That's just who I am. Hey, my dad had a, was, was a raging alcoholic, and so guess what? That's just who I am. That's in my genes. That's just what... We can no longer live with that crutch. We now can say, that's not who I am anymore. That's who I was, and I'm never going to forget who I was. That's not who I am anymore. And so the struggle of life comes between our flesh 
and the Holy Spirit of God wanting to work. Today, very, very briefly, here we go. Uh, We are going to talk about saved to do good works. Saved to do good works. This morning, we have been saved, number one, for biblical conversion. For by grace are you saved through faith. And that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. All right? It is the gift of God. Feel free to put on the hood if you want to. It's all good. I'm going to be done. It is the gift of God. It's not of works, lest any man should boast. Grace is simply this, free and unmerited favor. It is getting what we do not deserve. And you were saved this morning, by the way. If you think you were saved this morning by grace and then something, something, something. No, no, no ma'am, no sir. If It's either all of grace or it's none of grace. Grace is a total work for the grace of God, Titus 2.11 has appeared, bringing salvation to all men. Romans 3.24, we know 3.23 pretty well. 3.24, being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Romans 5.15 and 17, but the gift is not like the trespass. If by one man's trespass, Adam, many died, how much more the grace of God and the gift which comes through the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ. Since by the one man's trespass, Adam, death reigned through that man, how much more will those who receive the overflow of grace reign in life through Jesus Christ? Romans 11, 6, Now if it be by grace, then it is not by works. Otherwise, grace ceases to be grace. If you are saved this morning, you are saved. You became a child of God because of the grace of God. Plus nothing and minus nothing. The totality of the grace of God in our conversion is the foundation of our faith. If you hear a gospel that is preached and it adds to grace, it is not a biblical gospel. If it were by our works, I've said this many times, we would boast. If you were going to heaven today based upon some good work that you did, guess what? You would talk about that good work. You would boast. I would boast. Let's be, let's be real this morning. If you were saved by your own works, you would boast. I would boast. We are a prideful and arrogant people in our flesh. And if we could save ourselves, we would save ourselves. And we would tell everyone that we just saved ourselves. That's exactly what we would do in our pride. And I think we can understand this first point and we can all agree. By grace you saved through faith. Plus nothing, minus nothing. It is 100% grace. But then what? See, verse 9 comes with a verse 10. Okay, that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. It is not of works, lest any man should boast. For, it continues, for we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works. That word workmanship could also be uh, very easily translated masterpiece. You are His masterpiece. You are His workmanship. I think of people that uh, maybe work on classic cars, and they, they buy a car, and it's kinda, it needs a lot of work done to it, and they fix it up. I know people that put, they put it in climate-controlled garages, and they have make sure the humidity is just right inside of that garage because they have a workmanship. They have a masterpiece that they have poured their heart and their soul into. Well, Christian... Believer, you are a workmanship and a masterpiece that Jesus literally 
has poured his heart, soul, and body into. And he wants to make you and mold you to become more like him. Notice what it says. We, God before ordained these good works that we should walk in them. According to the Westminster Catechism, the word sanctification is the work of God's free grace whereby we are renewed in the whole man. I was going to have this on the screen, but it's all good. After the image of God, and we are enabled more and more to die to sin and to live in righteousness. Okay, this is, the, this is it. God saved us to be a masterpiece. And there's a process that, that, has ta- that we're taking through. That process is called sanctification. Okay, these are theological words. It is all good. Here's the way the theology goes. We have been justified. That means we have been declared righteous when we got saved. We are being sanctified. That is basically we are becoming more and more more and more like Christ. We are being sanctified. We are we are sinning less. We are becoming more perfected. And then we will be glorified when we leave this earth perfect forever with our Savior in heaven. In between our justification, the day we were saved, and our glorification, the day that we see Jesus, there is a process that takes place. And it is called sanctification. And it is what we are on, all on a journey on. Some people are at different parts of sanctification than others. Some people are on that same road of sanctification, but they may be further down that road on either end. But at the end of the day, the fact that God has saved us, by the way, the title of the sermon is Saved to Do Good Works. The fact that we have been saved to do good works is sanctification. We should be constantly growing and being perfected. Sanctification is a continuing change worked in us by God, freeing us from sinful habits and forming us into Christ-like people with Christ-like affections, dispositions, and virtues. That is what sanctification is. This process of sanctification is a complex one. Because listen, and let's think about it, every one of us were saved at a different point in life. Some people praise the Lord for God's grace. Some people were saved as a tiny kid. And that's really all they can remember is a life in Christ. All they can remember is, a, is really a life uh, with, with Jesus and with the Holy Spirit. Others got saved later on in life. Others have been saved out of some miraculous situations. Uh, some people have been saved out of, if we wanted to rate sin on a scale of 1 to 10, some of us have been saved out of a 10. Let's be honest. And so sanctification is a complex process because it looks different for you than it looks for me. If you look around this morning and you find anyone here, their process of sanctification is going to look and feel differently than your process of sanctification. And where Christians have a really hard time is when we start putting a measuring stick on other people's sanctification, their good works, based upon what we think that that person ought to be. Does everyone understand that? We have a big problem when we say God created you to do good works and here's how you ought to be doing them because this is what I do and this is what you ought to do as well. It is a very, very dangerous thing in our Christian lives when we begin holding people, holding other people to our personal standards. 
holding other people to our personal convictions. Uh, that is a dangerous place to be because this perfecting, this process of, of being saved uh, to do good works looks differently for different people. Some are further down the line. Others are not as far down the line. And that is okay. But what we must understand is that we, when we were saved and we became new creations, new creatures, the old passed away, all things became new, and all of us are on this walk, this process of sanctification because we are saved to do good works. But it's kind of a struggle. Romans chapter 7, Paul says this, the things that I want to do, I don't do them. Paul then says, the things that I don't want to do, those are the things I end up doing. And there's a struggle and there's a process with sanctification. This path that we're going down to do good works. Romans 6 addresses this. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. How shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? Or do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into His death? Therefore we were buried with Him through baptism into death. Just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. Here's where the rubber meets the road. Here's the sermon today. Make no mistake about it, if you are a believer, if you claim the blood of Jesus Christ as forgiveness for your sin, you were not saved by the grace of God so that you could continue to live the same life that you were living before you received the grace of God. Can I say that again so it, so it sinks in? You were not saved by grace through faith. Ephesians 2.8 You were not saved so that you could continue to live in the same sin that God saved you from. I'm not judging your conversion. I just talked about that five minutes ago. I'm not judging your sanctification. I'm telling, I'm not not saying anything about you. I'm asking you to look inside of your heart and say, God, you didn't just say, I didn't receive your grace so that I could do whatever I wanted to do. I didn't receive your grace so that I could continue being the same person that I was. I'm a new creation. I am a new creature. God did not save you so that you could stay the same. He saved you so that you could bear fruit. Christians think differently. Christians act differently. Christians talk differently. Christians have a different perspective. Christians have a different attitude And Christians have a different spirit. And I'm not here today to tell you, if you're a Christian, this is what you should look like. This is what you should say and shouldn't say. I'm I'm going to tell you this. There is a fruit that comes from being a Christian. It's very simply love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Those are the fruit of a Christian. The Holy Spirit that came changed your nature. That's the fruit. You know what I've often heard? If y'all don't mind, I mean, it's all good, right? Everybody's comfortable? All right, as comfortable as you're going to be. I've always heard of this and thought of this, and wherever I've been in my life, when I hear verses of Scripture that talk about being fruitful or bearing more fruit, Everybody know there's several passages in the Bible that talk about bearing fruit. I have, 
I guess it's just the way I was raised. I've always been taught that that was winning people to Jesus. Like, you're supposed to bear more fruit as a Christian, so you're supposed to be, I mean, there should be a list of people that you have led to Christ this past month or this past year or this past decade. Where's your fruit? Folks, I think it's very clear in the Bible. If we really, like, take a step back and actually just read the Bible and not listen to babble, I think it's very clear. The fruit that we are to bear as a Christian is love. It's joy. It's peace. It's long-suffering. It's gentleness. It's kindness. It's self-control. And here's what's going to happen. If we are bearing those fruits in our lives, if that's what's being shown, hey, listen, we can love no one any better than trying to get them to Jesus. Hey, we can show no more kindness or no more goodness than trying to get them to Jesus. That is a result. The fruit we are supposed to bear as a Christian that has been saved to do good works is the fruit of the Spirit. It's the fruit of the Spirit. And by the way, I love how the fruit of the Spirit, almost every one of them is just an inward, it's an inward change that will produce some outward results, but it's an inward change change jesus said that he wants us to clean up the inside of the cup instead of just cleaning out the outside and the inside being dirty i feel like it's time for christians to take this truth that we have been saved to do good a little more seriously if you are saved this morning and you are still living as if you are a sinner If you are living this morning in unrepentant sin, you are sinning and you don't care, and you are continuing in that sin, and that sin is taking a stronghold in your life, it's time that we repent and do good works. Because you are not saved to live in the snare and the entanglement of sin. I hope we're learning the theology over these last couple months. Because when we were saved, we were given the righteousness of God. We were given His righteousness. And if we are still living in sin, it's time some of us claimed that righteousness. It's time some of us claimed His righteousness in our lives and rid ourselves of that sin and repent of that sin. We don't like using that word sometimes, right? Repent, we don't like that word. Because we have to acknowledge that we, got, that we are standing in need of repentance. That we need to repent of our sin the fact is this if you're living in sin you this morning know that you're not right with god you know that there's something you know that there's a rub you know that there's tension within you and you know this morning that you're not right with god but the fact is today we need to change our ways you know the things you're doing the thoughts you're having the way that you're reacting the way you're acting you know that it is sinful And today needs to be the day that we confess. 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. 1 John, we've been studying. If you're missing out on Connect Groups, you're missing out. We're studying. We're in 1 John. That's written to Christians, by the way. 1 John's written to Christians. If we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins. They're already forgiven. He just says, confess them. Confess them. Confess them. It's time that we, the same grace that we claim for salvation, 
It's time for us to let that grace work in our lives to rid us of sin. If I had my visuals up here, I was going to show you that fourth slide that I didn't create, that I have now created. And it is simply this. Our job in sanctification, as we now have a pure nature, Holy Spirit, new nature, we now have a heaven-bound soul. We are going to heaven. If, we, if you've trusted Christ, you're going to heaven. As you battle sin in your flesh, where sin can come in, it can get into your flesh. Our goal is, when sin comes in, that we just, begin, we just continue moving. We just continue moving in this direction. Sin comes in and we continue to move away. And we continue to move away. And we continue to move away. Because you were not saved to continue in your sin. You were saved to do good works. As we close, I want to encourage us to not take this truth and apply it to someone else's life. I think that could be the worst thing that could happen this morning. By the way, it stopped drizzling. Praise the Lord. I think the worst thing that could happen is that we take this truth that we have been saved to do good works and apply it to someone else's life. This truth was not given for you as a Christian to stand in judgment or condemnation of someone else's life. This truth was given to us as Christians so that we can look in the mirror and we can see all of our flaws, all of our faults, all of our failures, all the times when we have allowed the flesh to win, when we have not combated the flesh with the Spirit, the times we have not yielded to the Spirit, the times that we have yielded to the flesh. And it's time for us to take some personal inventory and say, listen, I'm a Christian. That's not what I do anymore. I've been saved to do good works. To do good works. And then finally, let's do some good works this week. I'm not trying to be a deep theologian here, folks. You've been saved to do good. So stop being a jerk to everybody. You've been saved to do good. So stop being so selfish. You've been saved to do good, so care about somebody. You've been saved to do good, so instead of responding at work like an unsaved person, respond as a Christian should respond. I I mean, truthfully, it's that simple. You've been saved to do good work, so do do something good this week. Hey, listen, we're going to, y'all get ready for 2019. We're meeting Tuesday night. Y'all get ready too. We're meeting Tuesday night, planning out 2019. We're going to be meeting with some more of you in November, planning some things in 2019. We're going to be doing some outreach. Get ready because here's what we're... We're going to ask you to do crazy things, crazy good things like this. The next time you're at a, at a um, place to eat, a restaurant, buy someone's meal that you don't even know. Oh, the next time you're in drive through at Chick-fil-A... God bless the chicken. I don't know if you can even do that now because they take people's money so quickly and they get you through in like 25 seconds. But the next time you're in a slow drive through somewhere other than Chick-fil-A, pay for the car behind you. Pay for the car behind you. Just do something good. Hey, if you see an elderly couple out somewhere and, and it's one of those places where they, they have to take their, their food to the trash can, hey, walk over there and offer to take their food to the trash can. Like... Can we just be Christians and be good Christians and just do good? I think that's what Paul is saying. We've just been saved to do good. So Christians, 
moms and dads, grandmas and grandpas, aunts and uncles, adults in the Christian life, can we do what we just expect maybe our kids to do? Just do good. Hey, just obey. Hey, just be kind. Hey, stop hitting your brother. Hey, stop hitting your sister. Hey, don't say that about your brother. Hey, listen, don't, don't talk back to your dad that way. Okay, brother and sister in Christ, don't say that about your brother. Don't say that about your sister. Hey, stop, stop disobeying your father. We've been saved to do good works. Sorry I brought a hard-hitting sermon today. The Lord knows that He wants me to shut up. All right, we are going... Here's what we're going to do. We're going to pray. You're going to get your stuff. You're going to hug somebody. And let's get out of here before we get rained on even more. We're not singing. We're not going to sing. We love you. Come back next Sunday. We're going to be even deeper into Ephesians chapter 2. Read it this week. How about that? Let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you for holding off the rain as long as you did. We love you. Thank you for our church family. Thank you for everyone that was here today. Thank you for those who weren't here today, God. I pray that you would encourage them throughout the week. Give us a great Sunday next Sunday. God, bring every single person here this morning to our Connect Group on Wednesday night. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This has been the preaching podcast from Keystone Church and Pastor Josh Cox. For more information about Keystone Church, visit keystonerdu.church. Please subscribe to hear future messages. Thank you.